0: Nervous Fluid, Part 2, Perturbations. Chapter 5, The Galaxy Fart. Did you know that six million years ago our galaxy farted? Pardon? Max asked his roommate Sebastian. It wasn't that he doubted his statement, that the galaxy farted. Sebastian was a brilliant theoretical physicist It was just an unsolicited comment that took Max by surprise. Sebastian rarely spoke about his work, mostly because it was over the head of a lowly biologist like Max. Six million years ago, the Milky Way galaxy farted, and it pisses me off. Sebastian was rather loud with this last statement, and Max cast an uneasy glance around the restaurant they were eating in to make sure no one was offended. I'm afraid you're gonna have to give me some background for the dumb biologist. This has nothing to do with your dumb biology degree. I just found this out recently. Okay, good to know. At the heart of every galaxy is a supermassive black hole that continually eats stars within its orbit. Occasionally, one galaxy will eat another, and the primary galaxy will emit an incredible burst of light and gas at each magnetic pole of the supermassive black hole. This is the single brightest observable, observable event in the universe, and it is called a quasar. Astronomers have recently realized that when a supermassive black hole eats a puny star within its own galaxy, there is still a quasar effect, but is barely visible. Using an infrared telescope, they have found evidence of a giant glass cloud that suggests our own universe ate a sizable star approximately six million years ago. Thus, the fart. Interesting, so why is this fart such a problem for you? Seems to me you should be gratified that our galaxy has health, healthy bowels. It just screws up my whole PhD dissertation. All of my math was based on what I thought was the known mass of the galaxy. My ratio of dark matter was way off. In fact, this class gas cloud is so huge, there may not be any dark matter at all. I thought we had a 16-dimensional galaxy!" At this point, both of Sebastian's hands were on his head, clasped through his hair. Both of them still had the typical manicure of graduate students, even though Max was officially finished with his studies. I thought physics was supposed to be more objective than the other scientists, sciences. Either this or that, do a test, figure it out. I'm a theoretical physicist, a glorified mathematician. I make models of supposedly unobservable phenomena because it would make take machines the size of the solar system to do an actual experiment. Then, an astronomer comes along and ruins everything. Sebastian usually had the calm demeanor of his European upbringing, but this day he was out of sorts and almost manic. America seemed to be rubbing off on him. Well, you'll figure something out, Max offered, to soothe his obviously damaged ego. I'm not much of a grinder, man. I don't have the patience for doing experimentation or looking up at the stars every night. Physics is going back to these guys, and I have to wait on them to tell me what to do. It totally sucks. Sebastian lowered his hands from his head and looked straight at Max for a second. His European demeanor seemed to kick back in, but his long hair still stood up comically from where he had his hands through it. I apologize, Max. This was supposed to be a celebration dinner for your new job. Tell me all about it. Enough of my whining. Well, it's in Sierra Madre, not far from here. So it's a nice commute, and I can keep you as a roommate for the time being. Max smiled, and Seb- Sebastian offered a wan smile back. Other than that, it's a private nonprofit that does air experimentation called THMI. It's pretty prestigious, and there was a lengthy screening process, but they didn't give me many details on what I'd be working on but man, does it pay well for a biologist out of grad school. It sounds like a dream come true. Have you told Indiana Jane yet? I plan to tonight. She should be happy. Max sounded uncertain about the last part. His relationship with his archaeologist girlfriend was challenging. She was often gone months at a time on her digs which is why she he still lived with Sebastian. Her own roommate did not miss her so much as she had a live-in boyfriend. A waitress passed by, and Sebastian stuck out an arm. It's his birthday, Sebastian said to the waitress. Her eyes lit up, and she ran to the back to grab her cohorts. Damn you, Max said, as he shook his head in disapproval, and Sebastian just shrugged. It was not Max's birthday. Within a minute, they were surrounded by a horde of clapping and singing waitresses. That night, Max turned on his computer and booted up his Skype to prepare to talk to his girlfriend, Emily. When she came on, the lights were dim enough where she was at that he could barely make out her features. Hey, you, can you hear me? "Loud and clear, Pancho," Emily responded. Emily had taken to calling Max Pancho lately. It was either an attempt to lighten up their strained relationship or a defensive mechanism, and Max was not sure. They were exclusive long enough that it was best to ignore the cloud of seriousness. So, a match Max obliged to be called Pancho. He even tried calling her Bonita once, but her expression clearly showed that she did not care for it, and Max dropped it. I have good news. So do I, Emily exclaimed. You first, Max insisted. You are coming down here in two weeks. Not what Max expected. Pardon, Max asked quizzically, much as he had to Sebastian earlier that day. I want you to be here when I make the greatest discovery of my life, Emily said breathlessly. To Mexico? Yep. You can fly into Acapulco, and I can take you the rest of the way. Well, I'm flattered. I'll make sure to ask for time off from my new employer, Max said with a grin. Oh, you got it, Emily exclaimed, and Max nodded. It won't be a problem, will it, to take off work so early after getting a new job? It might be a stretch, but they seem pretty flexible so far. I might just have to sweet-talk them like I do my old lady, Max said with a smile. Whatever, Pancho.